Join From Beer to the Bible every week as Irvin Lee and co-host Sarah Oliveira McDonald warn others of the consequences of drug and alcohol addiction by being the voice of faith-based recovery. Every week, Irvin and Sarah help people get access to the treatment and counseling they so desperately need. They explore the depths of addiction and give practical life examples of how to recover and develop a new rhythm of living. The show is gritty, authentic, and simply raw while being rooted in the love, faith, and hope of God. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. Welcome to From Beer to the Bible. I'm your host, Irvin Lee. We're so excited. I got a good friend and a guest co-host, Bruce Riley. Welcome, Bruce. Hey, hey, man. I'm glad to be here. <laughs> Beer to the Bible. Hey, man. It's been a long time coming. So look, guys, this is going to be a little bit different than what we normally do. So we're really casual. We're just here. Two brothers having a conversation about how to have joy in the midst of trials and tribulations. So as we always do, we're going to let Bruce anchor us in the word of God. Great, great. So, um, the scripture that I have for today is coming out of second John and verse 12. And it says, having many things to write to you, I do not wish to do so with paper and ink, but I hope to come to you and speak face to face that our joy may be full. Right? Yeah. Yeah. We'll put a, put a little juice on that. Put a little juice yeah, on that. So, okay. Juice. All right. So whenever I was looking at it um, and I was reading it, of course, in the whole passage, uh, it hits up the importance of loving one another. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. so when it said I, uh, more than paper and ink, mm -hmm. and I was thinking about that time. That probably was the earliest form of social media. Mm -hmm. And so in the kind of lifestyle that we live, you know, there's a lot of people that don't go to church yeah. anymore. They would rather, you know, yeah. watch it on YouTube and have a pastor, you know, on on a media platform. Yes. And not necessarily yes. deal with going to church and being in the presence of brothers and sisters in yeah. Christ. Yeah. And so there's so much media out there. Mm -hmm. um, but the the fullness of joy, mm -hmm. which it seems that John was speaking of in this letter, mm -hmm. came from when he was face to face. Yes. And when he was in fellowship yeah. with his brothers and sisters in Christ. And so I thought that was I thought that was key. Cause you know they didn't have no iPhones, yeah. and you know they didn't have no Facebook or Instagram. Yeah. yeah. But their only closest form to some kind of social media, if you want to say, was mm -hmm you know, paper and ink, you yeah, know? Yeah. I'm not present with paper and ink, but I can do so much more. Yeah. Well, thank you, Bruce, because, you know, it, it's interesting as you were talking, the Lord was kind of shifting and, and what I got out of it and where I want to take us is how to have joy in the midst of suffering, how to have joy in the midst of suffering. And as we talk about that, let's just get into your testimony. Bless us with what's bruce all about yeah well um i guess if you want if you want to say it i mean i grew up in church all my life so yeah i'm a church boy yeah, but, right um, right uh in the in the midst of that i also grew up with a lot of church hurt mm -hmm. so um my mother actually is an author of a book called okay. church hurts oh really um yeah and, get that. Uh, she uh, thank you mom yeah you know mom she, you know she did. <laughs> but what was crazy is and when i was younger their experience of church hurt wasn't necessarily uh what i experienced okay you know of course okay. they had situations happen 
where they struggled and because of their struggle you know i felt it mm-hmm. but i didn't know what was going on okay so as i get older and i'm in the church and i'm loving god and i'm, I'm living for god i came to my own experience yeah and my own you know personal yeah. uh uh story okay. of church hurt and i was hurt bad you yeah. know and uh when i when i think about that yeah if i didn't have a fellowship of people like you yeah i didn't have a fellowship of other brothers and sisters in christ who were there for me mm-hmm. you know i could have been in a worse place or it could have just taken a whole lot longer yeah for me to come back and so i see joy in the fact that although the circumstances are horrible yeah. right yeah um the fact that you have brothers and sisters in christ yeah with you yeah uh you know makes me happy yeah, you know? yeah. And so that's well, one way i like the way you set it up because sometimes we confuse our brothers and sisters in christ and then our family because ultimately what god wants us to do is to love one another and then to walk in unity and there's a scripture that says hey we're to bear one another's burdens so talk about that you don't need one or the other when you're going through the suffering the trials addiction you actually need both to get you through. So talk about the need for both fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ and then also the support of your family. Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about fellowship with brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, Whenever I was not suffering in the church, I was ministering in the church. Yes. I was, and when I say ministering, I'm not necessarily saying the fact that I was a pastor. Of course, I was a pastor, but I had friends, uh, people around me that we always were talking about God things as it relates to just life and our decisions. And so I'm over here dropping knowledge. You know what I mean? Oh, this is what you need to do in life. (laughs) That's what you need to do in life. You know what I mean? And then now something happens to me. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And I'm over here like, oh gosh, you know, da 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 da. And you know what they did was this. Yeah. Well, Bruce, you remember that time you told me <laughs> this and that and this. You're right. And they started preaching to me how yeah. I should live yeah. based off of what I had told them a long time ago. Yeah, and yeah. I was looking like, yeah, I did say that, didn't I? Yeah. Uh huh. And they're like, yeah. That, now it's your time to apply <sighs> that great knowledge that you had mm, uh, mm. then. When you mm. wasn't hurting, now it's time to put that in your life now. Yeah, you know, because yeah. it helped me. Yeah, it should be able to help you, and um, and so I, it was kind of, I kind of actually was encouraged by that. Yes, because I knew people were hearing me. Yes, you know, and then I was discouraged because I don't listen to myself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna tell you, I, I remember the first real trial I went through, and you know a lot of my story. And I called my brother. My brother was like, hey, man, it's time to just practice what you preach, right? And I had to stop and think. Like, I would always tell people, keep the faith, trust God, believe in God. Well, until you really go through what I'm going to call a tsunami, that real storm where Mm -hmm. you got no one, where God separates you, and it's just really you and God, right? You got other people, but God has kind of separated you so he can show you his power, his presence, and his true love for you and it sounds like that was the moment that you were going through and god put us together we've been friends for a while so walk them through just your most difficult time and the importance of three things prayer praise and communing with the lord and others um 
So I would say uh, one of the hardest things to do when you're walking through is actually prayer. Speak. Um, Speak. Let me tell you, there's been there was so many times in my struggle where I would start off praying Mm -hmm. and I would end up just in my own world thinking about the problem. (laughs) I I wasn't even praying anymore. I was just like, oh my gosh, you know, and you know, my prayers would get sidetracked by the situation and the, and how big it was. Yeah. And then I try to come back and (laughs) focus on that prayer. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and so praying, it's very important because what you do when you pray is you have to acknowledge. It forces you to acknowledge that God is in control. Yes. And to trust on him, trust yeah. in him. And sometimes you don't, you're not there yet. Yeah. And, you know, just to be honest and all of these problems that you really want to soak yourself in, it tells you not to. Yes. Which comes to the praise part mm-hmm. because the Bible tells you be anxious for nothing, but with thanksgiving, mm-hmm. let your request be made known to God. Yeah. And so I think about that and it says, okay, well, now I should be thinking about all of the things that God has done for me yeah. right now. What am I thankful for right now that God is doing for me? And let me praise God for that. Mm-hmm. And mm. remind myself of that mm. Mm. so that now whenever I approach the situation at hand, yeah. I'm not so overwhelmed because I can see that God is actually still in my life doing <laughs> great things for me. Yes. Now let me address the issue. Mm-hmm. And um, and that's difficult. So anybody, if you're going through something, I know that that's a difficult uh, piece yeah, to actually um, to deal with. And so, um, so you go from there and mm-hmm. then now you have to deal with, you know, being in the fellowship of believers. I think one of the key things with being in the fellowship of believers, family, especially your nucleus, um, uh, my wife is, yeah. she was a, a superstar at this because I'm going through and, you know, she could have been like, what did you do? Yeah. You know, yeah. you know, Point the finger. you know, yeah. but she was right beside me the whole time right. I was going through this. And, um, that's important. It's important, man. Thank you, wifey. That's Don't right. That Thank you, there. wifey. You Thank know, you, my um, wife too. You know, so yeah. yeah. So the whole time she was, she was there and, um, I, I needed that yeah. because if I didn't have that, I could have easily tried to answer. And when you're alone, Mm -hmm. you start to try to answer problems, spiritual problems with physical indulgences. Yeah. And that is very dangerous. That's very dangerous. um, Because now that's when you start getting into stuff like alcohol, you know what I mean? Or you get into things like overeating, you know, or uh, looking at things that you shouldn't be looking at. Fleshly pleasures. It's fleshly pleasures to try to make you feel good Mm -hmm. about a spiritual issue that it could never answer. Yeah. You need brothers and sisters in Christ. You almost need to be addicted to fellowship. Yes. With with fellow believers and then just lean on them Mm -hmm. and let them help you carry your brother. And and then now let's get into so prayer praise fellowship with other brothers and sisters in christ now let's talk about that real personal time 
communing with the Lord. I mean, communing, being opening it up and saying, Lord, I can't handle this. I'm utterly dependent upon you to solve this surrendering. What did that look like for you? And what can you share with our audience to help them? Yeah. One of the things I did was I decided to um, relearn. Hmm, I, I like good. I like to relearn things. So I got a. Um, it's like I got this this journal on prayer. Yeah. And you every day you can kind of work through it and it talks to you about prayer and mm -hmm. what God is doing and aligning yourself with God's will. And, you know, um, and I would just pray according to what I was learning in this book and what it was telling me about prayer. Mm -hmm. And so I was trying to build up my prayer life in relearning some aspects that I may not know. And, and, and in doing so, I did grow and I learned some things. Mm -hmm. um, so I went at it just as if I was starting all over again, mm, that's you good. know, um, in the same yeah. way, I just would always, and I'm gonna tell you this, you get into the Bible and you read because whatever you're going through in life, stuff pops off. Something yeah. jumps out of that page and it says, look, you know, this is something you need, uh, to pay attention to. So I was in Psalms. Ooh, that's where to go. I happen to be in Psalms. Now I've been in Psalms for a long time, y'all. I'm gonna tell you right now, I I, I read through the Bible and yeah. I be enjoying all of it. <laughs> Psalms though, you know what I mean? I love it, but like I can read like three Psalms and then I'm like, all right, let me break. Yeah, you know what no, I mean? There's, there's a lot of stuff going on, you know yeah. what I mean? Let me, let me, let me chill. So I actually happened to be in Psalms at the time. Mm-hmm. I think it was like Psalms 45 or something like okay. that. And when I got there, uh, it told me something like, uh, it, t it told me some things about like being quiet, mm. learning how to just yeah, uh, not speak and how speaking can get you in trouble. Oh man. And what you say can get you in trouble. Yeah. And maybe not that it's your fault, but just in in the heat of things mm -hmm. when people are coming against you yeah right when people are whatever just learn to calm yourself and be quiet and um i thought that was crazy because i was in the heat of stuff and i felt like people were wrongly accusing me of stuff yeah. and what what do you want to do yeah you want to speak yeah, you want to say, you know, you, you want to do, we, we, we naturally want to react and we want to go into defensive mode. And it's interesting you say that because I remember during my act of addiction, the Lord led me to uh, Psalm 4610 and it says, be still and know that I'm God because I like to talk and I want to express my opinion. But now I have learned even with my wife, this is a technique I learned. Be quiet, breathe, as my friend PJ said, who's been on the show as well. Take some time, breathe, and be calm and listen to the other person and then say, hey, Holy Spirit, how do I respond here? Right? Not just don't, perfect with Just it. don't say that out loud. Though. Oh, no, you can't say that out loud. Because some people be like, Holy Spirit. Hold on. But sometimes <laughs> I, if I'm thinking Holy Ghost, if I say that, uh -huh. you know they oh, like, yeah, okay, yeah. here you go. Come on, yeah, let's see hey, something's man. wrong with you. Yeah, it, 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 That's a whole nother show. We will talk yeah, about that. Yeah. But I, I think it's good. And I think you and I, I think we've been with each other and been friends and hold each other accountable through all the things since we've met that we've both walked through. 
And mm. I think that's so important. I, I see women doing that a lot. I don't mm. see that as much with men, specifically black men. So talk about talk about that, address that. One, why is that? And two, how can we encourage men, all men, but specifically men that look like us to open up and have accountability partners uh, that walk alongside you that actually don't just hang out, smoke cigars and, and, and drink and talk at the shallow end of the pool, but can go to the deep end and do life together. Yeah, I would say in my experience, mm -hmm. uh, the biggest problem when it comes to men is this competitive nature of being closest to God. Mm. Um, That's interesting. And when I say that, it's because you don't want to be the one who, out of the group of men, is going through the worst. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> you don't want to be the lowest one on the total pole spiritually, you know, yeah. because for some reason, when you're going through the worst, people look at you as less than. Yeah. And that's kind of what we have in yeah. our in our minds. We as men. Gosh. We want if we're gonna be a spiritual man, we want to be the spiritual man. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah. We want people coming to us for growth. Yeah, and so we don't, we don't know. It, matter of fact, a lot of times we only confess our sin if you confess it. Yeah, you know what I mean. And yeah. be like, oh yeah, now that you mentioned that, I be struggling with the same <laughs> thing right, too. Same. <laughs> right, but you ain't gonna say nothing until they say something. You know, because there's this competitive nature, and and we're not in it to just grow yeah that, i mean we well i mean we we need to be in it to grow with humility with transparency yeah. but we don't want to be if we were to just be honest yeah we don't want to seem like we're not connected like, like we're like we're the one broken and i think the enemy will keep you broken for a while because he uses the shame of whatever you're doing or whatever you're going through and you don't want to be the guy when you with your boys to say, mm -hmm. hey, I got this problem drinking too much. I'm watching porn. I'm doing that. But what I have noticed with the men that I work with and do life with is that if I open up, like you just said, say, hey, this is a challenge I'm dealing with right now. Then next thing I know, man, they, they just they open up, almost mm -hmm. knocking me out of my chair. Like, well, I came to kind of let you know what's yeah. going on. Then they open up. So to me, that's a trust thing, right? Yeah. So I, I think one of the keys is surround yourself with men that you trust, that men aren't hiding behind the cross, right? That really, truly love God, mm -hmm. love you, and that you can trust that you can do life with. Yeah, yeah. I think that's great, man. I got some brothers and stuff like that that I can talk to and I can share my life with. Mm -hmm. And um, and I know that I need that. It's, it's, it was a time I had this dream. Mm -hmm. And I really think it was a dream by God. And basically, my family has always had dreams where dirty water mm -hmm. meant sin. Okay. It meant sin and wickedness. And I was in a classroom. And in the classroom dirty water started just coming up and flooding the area and mm -hmm. i was I, I got on my desk mm -hmm. and you know now the water is rushing like a river and the classroom has disappeared and everything mm -hmm. and i saw two people and these two people were brothers in christ of mine okay that came and they grabbed me mm -hmm. and they helped keep me from falling in that water right and when i got up from the dream i was like you know what 
I need to make sure that I keep these brothers close. Yes. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what I'll be going through in the future. Mm -hmm. I don't know what's going to come to attack me, mm -hmm. but it seems like they're going to be there to help me and to keep me strong. And so, um, I keep them close. I call them. I let them know what's going on in my life and what I'm doing, mm -hmm. uh, because that is the goal uh, is to make sure that we we it's to make sure that we abide in Christ. Yes, it's to make sure that we remain in Christ. Yep. And I follow, it doesn't make sure that we're better than or, or whatever. Yeah, right. We're generally right here. Yeah. But we need to just say, hey all of us need to stay on the boat right let's make sure that we're staying in christ and not falling over yeah uh those are the two things do you fall off or do you stay on yeah. and um i think that's where our mindset needs to be mm -hmm. and we should probably let go of that that's that's good so let's pivot and talk about the value of suffering the value of suffering uh the value of suffering um <clears throat> well one of the main values of suffering is to know that um god can get you out of it yeah you know uh because everybody gets out of it you know god will take you out of it mm -hmm. another value of suffering is that no matter where you are god is still good enough yeah. you know and especially if you one of the things I love is yeah. whenever I get tested, yeah. um, I have an opportunity to test my love for God. Yeah. Christ tests our faith. I also test my love. It's easy to say you love God, Man, right? It's, it's easy to see when it's good. Yeah. But when things start happening and you start saying, I'm only doing this because I literally believe in Jesus, mm -hmm. it allows me to be assured of where I stand mm -hmm. in my relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, and then it allows me to uh, be a better way. So, so here's another value. If you start to think of life in an eternal mindset, it's not yeah. about the immediacy of things. No. An eternal mindset, you already know that our body is broken. Yeah, Our body is failing physically. Mentally, you know, we have problems. We have strongholds that we're dealing with. Yeah. Um, I have epilepsy. Mm -hmm. Okay. I got epilepsy when I was in college. Mm -hmm. And I remember uh, somebody was like, how can you be happy and be falling out and having seizures all over the place? Because yeah. at that time, uh -huh. they, they, I, I wasn't, I'm controlled now. But yeah. back then yeah. I was just, Ugh, you always, know what I mean? Yeah. I, anywhere and everywhere. I think I did it in church once and they uh -huh. thought I caught the spirit. Yeah, they, they, thought they, they were like, they dancing all around me and yeah. I'm having a real seizure. Now, um, but yeah. what I come to realize is if I have joy in the midst of my sickness, mm -hmm. I can help encourage other people okay. who are struggling and, and so I need to make sure that I'm living out my godly life in the midst of my sickness mm -hmm. so that other people can be encouraged that you don't have to stay yeah. in the sadness that you're going through. And then my hope that I share with them, it's not always going to be this way. Yeah. You know that. Oh, that that's a good word. And I needed to hear that. And when I think about the value of suffering, I look at my life and I say, Without alcoholism, I'm not sure that I ever look up and I surrender myself to Christ. I'm fully where he is not just my savior, but he's Lord. 
I'm not sure, but I never have to know because I went through that suffering. And as I was going through that suffering, I kept hearing the word Christ learned obedience through suffering. Mm -hmm. I was a hard head person, stiff neck. So the only way God had to allow all of that suffering for me to look up and I had four idols in my life and one by one, he took those idols out. And now I know that I love God because all the idols I had placed uh, on the altar in front of him, he removed all of those. And I had to really decide, do you love God? Do you really believe the word of God that he can get you out of this, that he loves you and that he'll never leave you and forsake you? And my answer was, yes, Lord. Yeah, I think uh, I think as well, if you never suffered, we would have never had from beer to the Bible. Yeah, you yeah that's I mean? true. And, that's true. And how many people <laughs> who need somebody who's been through mm -hmm. what you've been through to say, okay, now you really know what, because people are so quick to say, you ain't never been through what I've been yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, oh, they what say you, that. You know, what quick. you got to say, you ain't never experienced the things that I experienced. Yeah. You can't tell me nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so now we have somebody who can actually tell you something yeah. because they've been through it. Yeah. And since they've been through it, they can take you to the other side and say, oh mm. yeah, I know, I know a way. You yeah, know, and yeah. Christ is that way. So yeah, and, and you're right, and and this hurts, and I've never admitted this before, but someone who knew me when I was in my active addiction and doing all my stuff uh, said to me, "Man, if God can change you, yeah. He can change anybody." Anybody. And I was like, at first, I was excited about that, and then I said, "Oh man, I must have really been a bad drunk yeah. and a bad person." Yeah. And and honestly, that hurt, and it took me some while. It took me a while to process that, right? Because mm. in the midst of suffering, we have this lens of how we view ourselves. Mm. But when I got sober, I realized that lens was deceived and deceptive, right? Yeah, I was selfish, self-centered, not praying, all of these things, and I had to reconcile that. But the good thing is God wanted to heal me of that. And the, the stuff that I had locked away a long time ago, God's like, Come on, let me let me yeah. dig in that cloth. Yeah. Let me let me heal you of yeah. that. And that's the process. And talk about sometimes you talk about the eternal view versus the temporal and the right now view. Talk about how to separate those and how our audience can keep the eternal view versus what they see in their circumstances right now. Yeah. Well, if I would be honest, you know, the temporary, since we're in a fallen world is gonna always be problematic. Yeah, We're always gonna be dealing with problems. And I think that's why in Matthew 5, Jesus starts off teaching his disciples. This is the first time we see him teaching his disciples. He starts off with saying, here's the kind of attitude mm -hmm. that you need to have, mm, that's right? Good. Yes, and yes. the attitude that he says, you know, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are those who mourn, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, and so on right? Mm -hmm. All of them have eternal consequences. Yeah. He doesn't really say, if you do this, you know what I mean? You're going to get a house. Yeah. You do this, you're going to get a car. You do this, you don't have to worry about your bills being paid off. He says, you have to understand it's all about the kingdom. Yeah. Matter of fact, so much about the kingdom that you should seek first kingdom the kingdom. Yeah. So everything else will be added. And so, um, I think if we focus 
on an eternal aspect, if we focus on the kingdom which is to come, mm -hmm. right? God is then going to fill in our temporary yeah. with so much joy. He's going to fill in our temporary with so much, uh, uh, how should I say, every problem and every circumstance will not be that bad because we know that in the end, mm -hmm. God is going to wipe away every tear. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's going to turn weeping, right, and mm -hmm. sorrow into joy and gladness and, and, and dancing. All of this stuff is not forever. And if you're dealing with temporary, mm -hmm. you can generally be, you know, a little bit. Now, I ain't going to say yeah. temporary is a problem. Yeah. You take me to the gym today <laughs> and you, you put me in there and you work me out. I'm going to be struggling. Yeah. But I know there's going to be a time where you say, all right. Let's cool down and you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And I'm gonna be gone. Yeah. You know, and I'm looking forward. Yeah, you get some water. We yeah, get yeah, I'm looking eat. forward yeah. to the water. I'm looking forward to just getting <laughs> out of there. That is what I, you know, but yeah. at the same time, as I'm being broken down, I'm learning so much. Yeah. I'm growing so much. Yeah. I'm getting stronger each time I go back in that temporary situation. Yeah. There's so much happening. So uh, and it's going to affect my eternal. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? So if we were to make it an illustration, you work out for 30 minutes yeah. and it affects the rest of your day in a more healthier, uh, in a more healthier setting. Yeah. So that's how I feel it. You know, man, that, man, that was good. Bruce it has been great having you today. We've got a few minutes left, so I want you to give them a little something to take away, uh, encourage them and then uh, let them know where they can contact you because what we didn't, we neglected to tell you guys is he is a man of God and he's a pastor and he can help you. He does a lot. He disciples young men. Um, so let them know where they can reach you and give them some words of encouragement. Yeah. Um, well, first I will say this, um, the life that we live, right. Um, the life that God has called us to live is a very sacrificial life. Yes. You know, and God wants you to have joy. Anybody who is looking at this, listening to this, God wants us to have joy. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, matter of fact, as it starts off, I was talking about the Beatitudes. It starts off with the word blessed are those blessed mm -hmm. are those that word blessed means happy. Happy are those in any circumstance because of the fact of what any of those things can produce out of you, you know, um, and so I would like to encourage you to walk, to abide, to remain in mm. Christ. Um, and you will see that God will always come through. Um, and even if you're all the answers, you know, to your problems, I got problems. Mm. Everybody got problems. Amen. Even if they're not answered yet, yeah. God is still faithful and he will take care of you. So uh, if you want to reach me, um, I have a email address. You can reach me yeah. at uh, Bruce Riley W at gmail.com. And uh, we'll just love to just share life with you um, at this moment. So, okay. yeah. Thank you, Bruce. And as we close, the Lord has dropped this on my heart. God wants to heal you of whatever you're going through, your trial, your tribulation, your suffering, your addiction. God healed me. There was a point in my life where I was suffering so bad from alcohol addiction that I asked God, I said, God, I'm done. Just give me death. And God said to me, I don't give death. I give life. Yeah, that's good. Get up and get at it and I'll rescue you. 
And that's what I try to do every day. So in the midst of your suffering, remember you can have joy through prayer, praise, and communing with the Lord our God and other brothers and sisters in Christ. May God richly bless you and we'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning in to this week's From Beer to the Bible. Make sure to tune in next week when Irvin and Sarah gift you with even more addiction recovery information. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And remember, we're always there for you.